Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea, or maybe a frothy ale. The light, why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Mogidian smiled and took a step nearer. Travel to other worlds, even worlds in the sky. Do you know that the stars are dot 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 Nynaeve, chapter 54, The Shadow Rising. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Today we are going on a journey throughout the age of legends mm-hmm. and first half will be spoiler free as per the usual and the second half we have some guests joining us mm-hmm. and we will be digging into some of the futurology and sci-fi themes of the wheel of time which goes so hand in hand with the age of legends it really does indeed Quite. 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 <laughs> Indeed. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I just thought of this now. Do you remember when I was on my Facebook group hunt where <laughs> I was looking for groups? Uh-huh. I found one. Did you? And it's a good one. Is it? It is. Sadly, sadly, it's an only women's group. So maybe maybe there will be a men's group that's awesome. I won't ever be able to know about it, but <laughs> this one's called not Maidens of the Spear, Maidens of the Sword. And oh. everyone is really nice and mm. there have been no attacks. You know what I mean? Even, even no though they're attacks. Maidens of the Sword. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it's a smaller group though, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool." <laughs> we can talk about it later, but Hooray. so Should we get into it here? All right. So before the breaking of the world, we had the second age or Mm -hmm. the age of legends. And Mm -hmm. this is where we are going to start off. And I believe you wrote this first part. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting about what the wiki has to say about technology and research in the age of legends was that the one power wasn't really like the solution. It could be used as a way to augment whatever research or developments were being done. But the technology of the time period was so advanced that even the one power seemed kind of wimpy, wimpy. um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like it wasn't really necessary. So one of the things that I I pulled, because this is something that, my husband says to me is any sufficiently advanced techno- technology is indistinguishable from magic. And that's Arthur C. Clarke. He wrote uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. And I feel almost like this is the world we live in now, you know? Absolutely. Like, if our great grandparents, you oh know. Oh my God. Great, great grandparents could have seen us playing on our phones or, you know what I mean? Just Well, and I think about my, my father passed away in 2008 and I'm pretty sure that's like just as they were starting to put like cameras and stuff into cars. And now we have a car that just has this glorious backup camera and gives us this huge view of everything that's happening Mm -hmm. behind me. And I 
I can just imagine my dad sitting next to me, like from 2008 to 2021, and just being like, wow. "What?" Yeah, I mean, because yeah, that's <laughs> even before smartphones were a big thing. So I even in the like the last 10, 15 years, the tech advancements put us like on a level of magic. That's just how it feels sometimes. And so it's very intriguing to me that the use of the one power was so different in the age of legends. Like their advancements in technology and research were just so advanced and they were like, whatever. So what? You can do magic. Right. I can build a machine. The thing that's interesting is within the wheel of time, channeling isn't really... It isn't really described as magic unless you're a white cloak and calling them a witch. Yeah, (laughs) or sorceress. Right, right. But it it just seems like this was always here. It's not magic. It's not unexplained like Mm -hmm. other abilities i guess yeah it's almost it's almost like an element itself right you know yeah yeah earth wind air fire one power yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how it feels but i i like that this technology was so advanced that the one power doesn't really feel like a necessity Mm -hmm. and it also makes me think about how this would change the power structure that they lived in because, I thought that was a really good observation. Yeah, because us readers are so used to the Aes Sedai being this magnitude of, you know, right? force and power yeah. in the world. And they can make queens grovel, basically. I was just thinking of that, like how they're frequently seen as puppeteers to kings and queens throughout the Westlands. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And what's so, I guess, shockingly different in the Age of Legends is that they are taking the ice that I are taking on a role of public servants. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like from being seen as some type of empress to mm-hmm. a humanitarian, I guess. Ooh, that's a good word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's the hall of servants. Aes Sedai is servants of all. And so it feels as though they've really, like, especially once you get to the third age, it feels as though the Aes Sedai have retracted almost into themselves. And they're not really out there to help everyone. They're out there to help themselves. So this is, like, complete 180 from where they were. And, like, this is actually... The next thing, it comes back to that they weren't just, they wouldn't have been seen as a powerful force or just one of the few sources of truly remarkable happenings. Mm -hmm. In the third age, if you want someone healed from a near-death situation, you're lucky if you can find a wisdom, but an Aes Sedai can come rolling in and it's your lucky day. Yeah. Yeah. And she can heal you. But in the age of legends, they didn't. They had ways to heal a person's body that they had done through technology instead. So, like, just as, like, a little example, it's almost... (laughs) Listen to us talk! The road to Tarvalin. We say words. (laughs) Sometimes we can't pronounce them or get them out, but it's okay. (laughs) We're just trying. We're trying. one, One more time, right? Superfluous. There we go. I'm applauding yeah, yeah. myself. <laughs> I feel like I deserve it. Um, so near, in nearly every aspect of life, except maybe baking, I really sat and thought about this. I know it's silly, but I'm like, hmm. Do you think they had convection ovens during the Age God, of Legends? I, I hope so. <laughs> no more pot boys. 
No, it was more like in um, Back to the Future 3, where you could get like the mini dehydrated pizza and oh, yeah. put it in the thing. That's what they've developed at this point. Then you don't have as much storage needs for your food. Like They've got it all Perfect. figured out in the Age of Legends. So I just kind of jokingly, I had to say that when it comes to baking, Laris takes the cake, regardless of what age we're Bam. in. <laughs> that pun was 100% intended. <laughs> I do not want anyone to think that I was not grabbing at that low-hanging fruit today. You Thank need you to very submit much. that to the Tam joke. <laughs> oh my God, I totally should. And Rob's going to be up next. We'll let him know about it. So what happens when the Forsaken show up in the third age is they see everything that the Aes Sedai can do as like parlor tricks yeah gameplay and they refer to their their healing as like the crudest of battlefield medical work you know Mm -hmm. so they're like the things you think you can do and it's just i don't know it makes me it it almost humanizes them a little bit can you imagine going back a couple thousand years and having like witness to some type of healing where they're like spitting in some moldy bread and putting it on your wound you know what i mean yeah being like yeah. are you sure you want to i mean is that hmm, are you are you 100 percent positive mercury is the way to go with this one leeching really leeching bloodletting lobotomies <laughs> That's going to be a no for me. Way. No kidding, right? It's going to be a no so, yeah, for me, really... dog. <laughs> that was one of the things that I, I thought was interesting, second age versus third age. I did say this at the beginning, that the one power is used as a way to a solution and not the solution. And in this case, that's kind of where the constructs come into play. And we've talked about the contracts. Constructs. So we've talked about the NIM. And I'm very curious because I was actually listening to Rob's episode about the Gen Aiel and he was talking mm-hmm. about Chora trees and how Chora trees are also a construct. And I was like, is this just is this the wackiest GMO plan ever? Like they just kept breeding trees somehow until they found <laughs> the most relaxing tree possible. <laughs> tested that what was their group did they have a placebo (laughs) having a group of people with like a box how relaxed do you feel on a scale of one to (laughs) ten one being not much ten being you might sleep for a hundred (laughs) years so that was like i just kind of i can't help myself sometimes these things just make me laugh and the fact that there was no pollution, this was really fascinating to me because this is actually something that I've read like within the last five, 10 years or so that viruses, bacteria, mushrooms even are being developed that can eat plastics. So there's mm-hmm. a possibility that we will be creating things here with our technology and our real world. Reminds that me of could those. potentially reminds me of those moss walls they're trying to put in heavy yeah. in heavy populated areas where too many people are yeah. using the road where there's too many mm-hmm. cars I'm, yeah I don't really I don't really know if it does much but I'm, I'm glad they're yeah. trying you know yeah and I mean even even here in Fort Wayne some of the new buildings that have been built they've put like rooftop gardens on them so it's not entirely asphalt and I feel as though, I could be wrong on this, but I feel as though someone told me that the Ash Building actually uses their septic system and, Hmm. like, internally 
like cleans it and uses it for watering it somehow. I don't understand how all of that stuff works. I know it's possible, and I think that's what they're doing. And I applaud the effort because anything that lowers pollution, I am a fan of. And I think it's very interesting that Jordan, 30 years ago, was writing about the idea of pollution just not even being a thing because it was solved at the submolecular level. And we are advancing our technology now to that point. This are guy's we, science are is we? hard. It blows my mind. And I feel like we live in the age of legends right now. I, I think feel that's like a that's common. I, I feel like that's a common thought. Mm hmm. It's exactly it's exactly how I see it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard not to. I think. Yeah. So besides all of this technology and healing and pollution and all of these troublesome things or changes from what we see in the third age, mm -hmm. I want to talk about a little bit about the Aes Sedai and the Hall of Servants. And I know that we've talked a little bit about it in our ineptitudes of the white tower a little bit that episode yeah i think we may have talked about it a bit in the forsaken episode that has land fear in it as well yeah yeah so in a in a world i don't know why i started it out like that one man god amber one woman one search for more power okay sorry i just couldn't stop i couldn't stop so you're in this in this world, your social status is based on philanthropy and the betterment of society. And the I said I work as an organization to train channelers and create the Angriol and Saangriol and Terangriol. And they earn respect by doing these this humanitarian work. Mm -hmm. So the I said I were both male and female. And I really love this quote from Andrew. Mm -hmm. So he says, once long ago, men and women who worked the power strove together. They were stronger for it. Mm -hmm. This is much different than what we see in the third age. And mm -hmm. again, it's that topic of balance. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we can maybe guess that with male and female Aes Sedai, that there were things that just were easier and much more possible in mm -hmm. the Age of Legends than what we're seeing in the Third Age. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is one of those questions that I, I guess we can't talk about it too much because I, I don't want to get into too big of a spoiler mm -hmm. area, but it's interesting to see how things play out as mm -hmm. the series goes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm glad you said something about not saying anything about spoilers because... Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to like pull myself back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this thing. No, yeah. Yeah. no. <laughs> yes. Can no. you, do you think to all of our listeners who have to stop before they hit the spoiler section, we're sorry and we can't wait for you to join us there. Hurry, I just hurry. Sometimes, finish yeah, the I sometimes feel so bad because we're like, oh, nope. That's a spoiler, and it's gonna be a fun one. And I'm yeah. like, man, we're kind of jerks, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Those roads to Tarvalin yeah. teases, right? Hopefully, it'll just encourage people to like get through this series. It's massive. It is a massive series. Yeah. Okay. Along the lines of creating the Trangriel, Sangriel, and Angriel, 
they also made many of the Tarangriol operable for people who could not channel. So this is one of those things that connects back to that humanitarian aspect where what they're making isn't necessarily to amplify their own power. It's to make the lives of everyone else simpler, which sounds Mm -hmm. great. And I don't really... I'm sure we have probably talked about this before, but in the wiki article, it said that the reason that a non-channeler can use them is because they have something called standing flows that holds whatever it is that I needs to happen. I wonder if that's something similar to like tying a weave off, but then it just right? stays there. It just stays there. In so perpetuity. I, <laughs> but I am really interested in how terangrial that are like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe at some point we'll do like Objects of Power 101 or something like that. That would be fun. That would be, right? I feel like that could be a couple different episodes, though, considering how many of them there are. But this in particular I thought was really neat because, again, it's for the betterment of everyone. And I love the idea of an entire society that uses every resource available to them, including this one power to make life easier mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. It's, that in and of itself is magic. The Nim really. doing the stompy, stompy dance, making the trees stompy, stompy. and the vegetables grow. Nobody was hungry, so they say. Nope. They could control the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can control the weather, you don't have drought anymore. You don't have to worry about famine because you always apparently have access wouldn't that be nice instead of going out with your hose and watering your garden you just rain wave your hands so i i think that that's this humanitarian push is very interesting Mm -hmm. to me because i feel as though the third age is very different like the only the only place that i can kind of think of that may have kind of held to this ideal would be minethrin and that's about it because everybody left Minethrin high and dry. So they were the ones that were out fighting, trying to make sure that everyone was taken care of. But that's all I can think of from that, like this second age period that might even come close to that. Or or the Malkiri just mm. being that defending force mm-hmm. against the Blight. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I true. I digress. I digress. No, that's okay. I, th- there are so many. There are so many venues. Mm-hmm. This conversation could just like wander off into. So, so we're good. back to the Aes Sedai. Their governing body was called the Hall of Servants, mm-hmm. and they were the ones who dispatched the Aes Sedai to where they were needed. We've mm-hmm. talked about this. Like, why weren't there green Aja in the blight? Why were right. the yellow Aja going to places where people needed healing? So right. It, it kind of seems like in the Age of Legends, this was a thing. They, they mm-hmm. were being dispatched. Yeah. We are told that the training to become an Aes Sedai in the Age of Legends was difficult under mm-hmm. the Hall of Servants, but it's likely that death didn't occur, which mm-hmm. that's not the case for the Third Age. The testing was brutal. is brutal. I mean, for lack of a better word. One of the other things we have talked about in a previous episode is the three names Mm -hmm. given. And if you were prestigious because of your good works and your good deeds, then you had this option to possibly gain a third name. And this Mm -hmm. was very prestigious. And not Mm -hmm. only I said I could have this. This was Mm -hmm. for anyone. 
And I think it's interesting as you read the series to take note because sometimes you'll see someone with that third name pop up and you're like, mm-hmm. hmm. 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 So if you see three names, then now you know. Now you know. Um, the very first thing that I think that we need to do before talking about what happened during the end of the Age of Legends, and Mm -hmm. that is going over some of our characters that Mm -hmm. are important to the story. And the first one, I think the name should be very familiar to everyone, which is Luz Theron Telamon. And he wore the ring of Tamerlan, and this was the mythical ring worn by the leader of the Aes Sedai. So Mm -hmm. look at that. He was a guy. One ring to rule them all? Yeah, yeah. And he was a man. So this is another difference in the Age of Legends. It wasn't Mm -hmm. an Amerlin that was Mm -hmm. always female. He was one of the strongest Aes Sedai at the time. There are Mm -hmm. only maybe one, there was maybe only one other that could really rival him for Mm -hmm. pure strength and the one power. Mm -hmm. Then we have this guy called Bidamon, Bidamon. And he, I know, it's such a funny name. What a name. He was an Aes Sedai and a scientist working at the university in Bassein. And this university is called the Column Don. And Mm -hmm. this will come up later on in Mm -hmm. our second half of the episode. So this guy, Bidamon, was trying to find a power source for everyone, not Mm -hmm. just channelers. Mm -hmm. He was working with a woman named Marine mm-hmm. Irenale mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she was very beautiful she mm-hmm. was a researcher helping Bidamon and she was very very strong in the one power mm-hmm. one of the strongest women at the time she mm-hmm. was also Luz Theron's lover mm-hmm. all right <laughs> um so Mirren had somewhat of a bitter and complicated relationship with Luz Theron. Mm -hmm. She made attempts to get him back, but he eventually stayed with his wife. So he kind of gave her the cold shoulder. Uh, Mm -hmm. Later during her work with Bidamon, they discover an energy source. So Mm -hmm. they and a few others use the one power to... I guess, channel a hole into another realm, like Mm -hmm. hoping to release this power source. And then this brings us to the boar. Mm -hmm. This is hard to picture in my head. I don't know if it's, I'm just not always a visual reader, Mm -hmm. but these events are kind of even hard to tell a story about, if it makes Mm -hmm. sense. No, I feel you on this one too. I do. Because when you think about someone drilling a hole, I think right? of like a construction site. Yeah. Like, like they're all wearing hard digging. hats and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's got That's her safety goggles on. <laughs> yes. Um, Still looks amazing. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So they're doing this from within the university. Mm -hmm. There's this rotating sphere on top of the university that they just hang out in and do research projects. And (laughs) this is where they're at while they're doing this. So I guess, you know, they can be in one location and then drilling, boring this hole to another location. 
it's kind of strange mm, but interesting yeah that's another reason why it's hard to picture yeah it's it's weird it's just weird continue i'm sorry <laughs> sorry so we've got them channeling and creating this tunnel into a pocket where they assume is this untapped power mm-hmm. the ice that i reachers at the column don which is the research uh, the university detect mm-hmm. an apparently undivided source of the one power so within this floating sphere, they bore the hole and inadvertently open the Dark One's prison, allowing him to influence and touch the world. <laughs> it's so weird, right? You're laughing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, guys. Yeah. We let the Dark One loose. That wasn't supposed to be happening. Shelly, why didn't you double check the plans? What the fuck? Like, that's how I feel about it. Right? Like, didn't, didn't they research first? Isn't that what they're known for? Research your shit well, before you do it. This, Sorry. This, it just makes no, me laugh no, so this hard. Is, no, this is a good point, though, because this is the question that I have. This is what I wrote next. This is one of the moments where I like to theorize on why were they so focused on another power source? Were yeah. they really trying to be good humanitarians mm. or was there something more malevolent at play? Involved, yeah. Ooh, good question. Because we, I mean, we know who Mirren is. I mean, you don't know who Mirren is. Uh, <laughs> so we know her drive is for more power. And that is, like, this is a drive that fuels her for thousands of years so she was probably in a mode like i am when i really want something that's like fuck the consequences we're moving forward and the dark one popped up so maybe i don't know it's just yeah why were you doing it everything seemed so great what more were you looking for and i also have to ask myself okay the age of legends is we are told that it is this magnificent time and, you know, no hunger, no pollution. No violence, no yeah. murder, no war. But this is one of those questions where it's it makes me think, okay, this is just what we've been told. So mm-hmm. is it possible that people look back and somehow say, okay, well, now the third age, everything is shit. People struggle. Life is hard. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of glorifying back in the day. Things right. used to be so great. Right. Things used to Ooh, be yeah. perfect. And it kind of makes me wonder, was the Age of Legends really as great as they say it was? Because obviously right. we, we, we kind of only have hearsay. So yeah, from just as we are told by some characters, maybe <laughs> like from, from like a historical standpoint. Yeah, I, I'm cutting and myself I mean, off. It's okay. Like only fragments of what the Age of Legends actually was remains, and you can only put together so much of a picture. And one of the things, as a historian, that I think applies to this is you can only do so much with a primary source. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is. Don't make assumptions until you have the full picture. And I feel as though those two things did not connect. And history is written by the victor. Yeah. We have no idea what life was like for everyone. 
maybe this is only for the elite and that's what we hear about you know we, we do know that there were a small few of male and female channelers who did not like this power structure in the age yeah. of legends mm-hmm. and this led them to basically revolting against mm-hmm. against yeah. their peers so i mean yeah. and like basically shucking all that peaceful everything out the window like agnor is a prime example of someone who was like no i want to play around with these weird things and make more extra weird creepy dangerous things fuck you guys well, i'm yeah, doing it's, something else this is just i mean this is like the premise of jurassic park where yeah. they're like uh what was it nature I, will find a way yeah or nature life, finds, life a way, finds a way that's what it well, is. This is they needed a dr ian malcolm to be like did you really think that was a good idea because we know that the ice that i made some of these constructs that helped the world but mm-hmm. if you have the technology to do this what's to stop you from creating something completely evil and this is something that the hall of servants would have said yeah you can do this no you can't mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. but if the technology's there there's nothing to really stop someone else from playing around with it as long as they're not caught yeah yeah so <laughs> i've got i'm gonna try and fast track this timeline so the this dark is amazing one, the, the dark one touches on the world and mm-hmm. There's about around 100, 110 years before the breaking, there's this period called the collapse and Mm -hmm. society starts to slowly decline and people are Mm -hmm. becoming fearful Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, oh, shit, the dark one's loose. And, (laughs) you know, things start to get chaotic. We see the prison at the... It's called the island of Shale Ghoul. I didn't. Why? I don't know why I never pictured Shale Ghoul as an island. Okay, you know it just doesn't have that peaceful island vibe to it. It really doesn't. No, no. <laughs> so we have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm cocktails. Sorry, I just, cocktails at Shale yes! Ghoul. I was just suddenly thinking of a Madral bringing out like a sex on the pina beach colada. Yeah, with like a with a fucking umbrella in it and shit. <laughs> I said no margaritas. Take Don't it back. look at me. Don't look at me. Oh wait, you can't. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we have people swearing their allegiance to the dark. And some of these Aes Sedai turn to the shadow and they become what we know as the Forsaken. Agenor, whom you just mentioned, was Mm -hmm. one of them. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do these creepy breeding (laughs) programs now. And hooray, Shadow Spawn. Right? What a guy. There are attempts at people trying to break the Dark One free, like fully. Mm -hmm. Then we have Luz Theron, who is leading the Aes Sedai at the time. So he's kind mm-hmm. of like the champion of the light. And then about 10 years before the breaking is what they called the War of the Shadow. The mm-hmm. world is completely messed up. Most of the technology is being destroyed or lost, and things are not not good. Millions mm-hmm. of people are dying, and the shadow is slowly gaining control. Yeah. So then we've got... 
seven, about seven years before the breaking. And this is when Luce Theron is being called the dragon and people are like following him and very supportive. He has his many cheerleaders. Um, <laughs> so there were successes at this I'm sorry. time. Give me a D. <laughs> yeah. Give Luce me an R. Yes. Who's our man? He's the best. <laughs> so... <laughs> You would have been a great cheerleader, just so you Thanks. know. I, Thank it, it you. would have not suited you at all, but you would have been very good at it. <laughs> uh, okay. So they aren't able to make that, you know, final strike and defeat the dark mm-hmm. one. They need that big victory moment. They don't mm-hmm. get it. So yeah. then we've got about three three years and up to the breaking. And Mm -hmm. this is when the shadow is overwhelming the world and the forces of the light are struggling. So they Mm -hmm. decide to make a pair of Sa'angriol and these are called the Choden Call. Mm -hmm. And they seal off Shailgul from the world. And Luce Theron wants to make his last attempt on Shailgul and basically attack. Things don't go as planned. Mm -hmm. The Hall of the Servants becomes divided, the women against the men, Mm -hmm. and the plan doesn't work, so the men have to kind of go at it alone. Mm -hmm. So when the Choden call Terangrial control keys are captured by the shadow, Luce Theron has no other choice. So he has to go out on his own with his 100 companions, all men, Mm They go to Shale Ghoul and they successfully seal the Dark One's prison and cut him off from the world. Yeah. And that is where the Age of Legends kind of ends. There mm-hmm. is the period of the breaking of the world, but I feel like mm-hmm. this is, I, I guess it's debatable whether or not it's still a part of the Age of Legends, but. Does after- it have like its own little pocket? Well, there's, there's AB after breaking. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like Age of Legends. And then the next measurement of time is AB. So after the breaking is what you see with the taint on Sidene. And if you mm-hmm. want more information on that, we have a Sidene episode. So I don't think so we many to... episodes, Amber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I even know what they are at this I point know, that right? I even remember. But I think that's where we can leave it mm-hmm. off and then get into the nitty gritty with our guests. I'm excited. I'm, I really like Rob and I really like Felicia. So break time. Break time. Hey, friends. I know this isn't our usual ad. However, Amber and I wanted to share with you that things are growing and we have opportunities for you to help us continue to create quality Wheel of Time content. First, we finally joined the world of Patreon and would love your support. We have four tiers ranging from $3 a month to $25 a month. To thank you for your support, there are perks for each tier, including exclusive merchandise not sold in our Threadless shop. You can find out more about each tier and how you can support us at Patreon backslash RoadToTarvalin.com 
or just click on the link in the show notes. Second, our Threadless shop is overflowing with beautiful designs and various items to put them on. We have coffee mugs, phone cases, tote bags, notebooks. There are also plenty of t-shirts and tanks for the summer. Third, we love you guys, really. Thank you for all the support you have given and for keeping us company on the road to Tarvalon. So we are starting our second half, and this will be full spoilers, and we have just talked a little bit about the Age of Legends, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to continue on with this talk of futurology and sci-fi themes within the Wheel of Time. This is something that I've seen argued, I guess, a little Mm -hmm. bit, where people are like, the Wheel of Time, strictly high fantasy, that's it. You can't change mm-hmm. my mind. But for this episode, we wanted to bring in two people that we love. And mm-hmm. it is Rob from Malkier Talks and Felicia from Call Me Nakomi. Um, do you guys want to say hi where we can find you? I mean, everyone should know where you're at, honestly. Right, yeah. If you don't know, you've been living under a rock. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm a, a bit of a wheel of time. Just like the punishment type person, like ooh, yes, let you me are. Go, let yes, me go are. and do it. Let me. You, you need help? I'll do that. I overcommit. Um, but yeah, I, I do cooking. I have a root canal version. that morning, but I'll be there. <laughs> yes. No. Literally. Literally. So. Um, oh my god. Wait. Wait. No. Not. Not. Not root canal, but just as close. So yesterday, the dusty wheel. We're, this is the first day of recording. Yesterday, dusty wheel was like, I'm taking a Wednesday off. It's the wife's birthday. And last time we took a Wednesday off, I put on an impromptu show. We called it The Rusty Heel. It's the Dusty <laughs> Wheel's uh, slightly uncouth and very much unofficial cousin. Um, yeah. And so immediately like I was like... Pub? Is that like a pub <laughs> in England instead? Well, there's, there's the thing. Yes, <laughs> he's the innkeeper. I'm the pub, I'm the pub keeper. Um, yes. <laughs> so, Different yeah, so vibes. I, indeed. So we did that last night because everyone asked. I was like, yeah, why not for a bit of a giggle? So between that and the fact that I had to go into work at 7 a.m. this morning to do a delivery, Lord. I had 30 minutes sleep. And you've got something later today, I think, yes. too, don't you? Yes, I'm <laughs> recording with what spoilers later. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am that guy that overcommits to things. <laughs> you mad, are. <laughs> but I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, you can find me doing everything everywhere. Uh, usually just look for Malkit Talks to find it, Sure, sure. <laughs> and Nakomi, your your YouTube channel is one of the first ones that I ever found, and I love that. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, guys. Um, I'm Felicia. You can call me Nakomi. Um, you can find me as Call Me Nakomi um, on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, it's funny you said um, tell people where you can find me, and just recently I got a comment from someone asking me, "So what road is that? Did you guys that you ride driving down when you're driving when you're riding?" And I'm just like. <laughs> I will not tell you how to find me that way. Right. Um, wow. <laughs> like, a bit more that is not going to happen. Um, but but thank you for watching. <laughs> you know? yeah. You know? But um, but yeah, you guys can there's, find me. There's uh, a road on planet Earth. Exactly. <laughs> Middle Earth. I'll say Middle Earth. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you find me there. Um, but yeah, this um, this look for me. I don't, I don't believe anybody else is using Nakomi or Call Me Nakomi. So you should be able to find me very easily and. I just make videos that I find I find funny and and informative, basically, <laughs> and I hope that people like my humor. I do. I like your humor. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, and we and also. So- 
Yeah, I was just going to say, we chose Rob and Felicia as our guests because you also cross over not just in like, like your love of fantasy novels, but also your appreciation for the sci-fi area of the style of writing. And I mean, I know that's what it always was for me when I would go to the library. It's like the sci-fi fantasy section. That's exactly where I want to be. But I've never been like a big sci-fi person. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I'm all about fantasy. The more fantasy, the better. And so I never really saw the sci-fi aspects that are like sitting inside the wheel of time until we started digging into it and amber was like what about this thing and i was like holy fuck so <laughs> i'm really glad that we get to do this and that you like the three of you have so much more background on this so i'm probably just gonna laugh a lot and ask several questions and sometimes be able to contribute but i'm super but that's stoked good because not everyone you know, is really into sci-fi stuff. So you're a good gauge yeah. for listeners who don't have well, that experience, you know, going I'm a in. conduit today. Yeah. I, I have a deal breaker, though. Like, do you like Star Trek, Gracie? I will not answer that question. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I remember on one of the episodes, Rob commented on the Discord, you're like, there goes the fan base, because Tracy said something about Star Trek. <laughs> Oh, yes, do I do remember that, yes. <laughs> um, well. I I like Next Gen well enough, but that's about where I end. That's but perfectly I also, that's fine. like, I'm not really a big Star Wars person or, like, I love The Expanse. I love The Expanse. I think that's, like, the, yeah, yes, exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Great, I, great, great It's series. so good. Even the <laughs> books are so good. Like, I really enjoyed them. And I'm sure I read a couple different sci-fi books when I was much younger, but I always like leaned towards the fantasy, and so I'm I'm excited, and we won't talk about how little I know about Star Trek. That's all. <laughs> That's fine. This is not a Star Trek podcast. It's okay. I'm just curious, and I, I get it. Yeah, not I yet. <laughs> you say that, and you know, I have a Wheel of Trek channel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, Wheel of Trek. Let's do Wheel yeah, of Trek. Wheel of Trek. <laughs> it's a channel in my Discord server. We have great fun. So. Please invite I me believe... on. I will be there. Please. <laughs> anyway, awesome. I just kind of wanted to like give a, an explanation as to like why we grabbed the two of you for this, besides the fact that we really enjoy talking to you both. But you both seem like you're really well read and situated to kind of help us have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that, we can kind of thank Bale Doman mm -hmm. for like kicking this off a little bit for us because we've been doing the Eye of the World reread and we got to that par part where Bale Doman is like, all these things that you can't even imagine. And I was like, you're right, I can't imagine that. <laughs> what is that? I want more. Right, right. So I just put here, you know, a quick Google search, the main elements of fan fantasy literature versus sci-fi. Mm, so for so fantasy, it's revolving around things like mythical creatures, supernatural powers, and robust world building. But when we go into sci-fi, it's usually more about technology or a dystopian setting and science, mm. which mm -hmm. it's interesting because even when I think of fantasy where they say, you know, mythical creatures and supernatural powers, our mythical creatures in the wheel of time are almost genetically modified, modified. creatures when we're talking about the yeah. constructs kind of. So that was like one of those main things where I was like, oh, like there's so much crossover and yeah. a lot of it 
I feel like starts out when we as readers are told little bits about the age of legend and it's described as us as an idyllic society. We, we can't be 100% sure if that's really how it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, thoughts, do you guys believe like age of legends, everything was great. It was a utopia. Take it how it's presented or do you have questions there? Mm. <laughs> I mean, go, go for it. Go, go, no, oh, no, no. Okay. I, I was going to ramble some bullshit. So yeah, I, I, I rambled some bullshit onto this notes. So, um, <laughs> perfect. But, um, okay. So regarding wheel of time and the age of legends specifically, I, 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 mm -hmm. I always think that yes, it could be a quote unquote idealistic um, or idyllic um, society, mm -hmm. but at the same time, Wheel of Time showed also that it didn't specifically get rid of anger or ambition or envy or mental instabilities, you know. So those are still issues that, uh, as a whole, the world specifically doesn't have to address. But individuals still have it had these issues. So mm -hmm. perfect society or utopian society, I, I don't believe it was really that, you know, um, or mm -hmm. I guess I might just be reaching out there or um, assuming, but I assume that they probably wouldn't have been looking for a, a third source, you know, or whatever, mm -hmm. basically to improve upon. But at the same time, mm -hmm. they might have just seen, you know, the fact that they, that only men could touch this side and only women could touch this side. And maybe it could be better if we touched both. But at the same time, it kind of uh, obviously released, I guess, something that would magnify the flaws in humanity. Mm. You know, Ooh, um, that's a good point. Because there are just individuals who are basically just have their own agendas. Mm -hmm. And not yeah. every person's agenda mm -hmm. is, um, you know, for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost yeah. as. That's a really good yeah, point. It's almost as if this power source was just any type of resource, like a natural resource, you know, like mm -hmm. every society needs mm -hmm. iron or mm -hmm. whatever. And when you, when they were like, oh, we, we, we might have found something here. Let's, we need, you know, we obviously need more of something always, mm -hmm. you know, as a society. So, yeah, that's a great point, Nick. Uh, call me Nakomi, Felicia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can just call me Felicia for right okay. now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to be off the same sort of track. I don't think it was when you get person to person, everyone was living a perfect life, mm -hmm. all that sort of things. But I don't think as a society, people were starving or people were living in you know squalor uh, yeah squalor broken down homes or poverty mm -hmm. or anything of that sort of nature i think everyone had what they needed to live a happy life that doesn't mean necessarily everyone had a happy life and people didn't mm -hmm. have you know bad things happen to them or bad mm -hmm. luck or just anything of that sort of nature so um yeah as it, on a general sort of wider view aspect on society i think it was probably pretty idyllic but uh, you know to person to person it you know it just depends on on your personal circumstance and how lucky you are in life i suppose so that was kind of how i viewed it it's a good point yeah yeah tracy this is something that i had i kind of like had you in mind but just thinking about how politics change as society advances mm -hmm. i think this is something that was really interesting about the age of legends because things were so different mhm mm as we have talked about, like with the Aes Sedai being servants and now mm -hmm. they're kind of, they're, they're doing a little bit of their own thing. They're bossy. 
<laughs> that was the word that came to my yeah, mind. Yeah, <laughs> bossy pants out there. And just as mm-hmm. we've seen, you know, from the Age of Legends based on to where the series starts in the Third Age, there is a lot of changes in their society. But I feel like in sci-fi, that's always something that I think about, you know, when you're dealing with a really technologically advanced society, mm-hmm. their politics aren't quite what it would be <laughs> if things, you know, if you're going back to mm-hmm. the medieval times or something, like mm-hmm. there's always differences and changes as yeah. it goes along. Like brute force mm-hmm. rule versus the ability to embrace and use technology and what that expands you to be able to do and I think we see that like one of the things that I think a lot about is our ability to communicate as I sit here with three other people who are I think Felicia and I are the only two that are in the same time zone and so (laughs) we are Mm -hmm. able to instantaneously like magic talk to each other, see each other's faces, record it, preserve this and present this to other people. And really like 400 years ago-ish, maybe a little bit sooner, maybe more 500 years ago, the printing press was invented. I mean, that was like the internet of the day. Like that accelerated what people could (laughs) share with each other. Like for them, that was magic. Being able to have books printed, that was magic. So every, every step that we make through technology that advances our ability to communicate is going to inevitably alter. You're smiling, Rob. Yeah. I love your <laughs> no, smile. Well, you're talking about a printing press and books, and I just made me think of a joke. I know I can't get it. Okay, it's hilarious. Get it out. Get it out. I want to hear okay. it. Okay. So b- before you had printing presses, basically monks, you know, just you had monks in yep. rooms writing books yep. and stuff. And basically those, they were your first photocopy. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and there's, there's this side joke of like, hey, do you think at like the Christmas party they were like come on bruv do me ass do me ass because you know you would sit on a photocopier as a joke and a photocopier but, but the, the, the best joke is be like you know it would be weird if one of them just suddenly broke down on you type thing like your current you right. know, photocopier does now and the engineer turns up and be like oh no this is a brother I only do canon sorry you know <laughs> <laughs> and it just uh, popped into my head as soon as you talked about you know, I just saw a big grin and me and Tracy like both leaned in <laughs> sorry it was irresistible I had to know what was making you smile like that I was pretty sure it didn't have a whole lot to do with what I was saying because I was talking about no, politics it <laughs> I'm sorry it had nothing to do with the, our ability to communicate with each other faster and more face-to-face allows us to lean hopefully fingers crossed more towards that humanitarian lifestyle where we can see the conditions of how other people live and be able to be empathetic with people who are not in the lifestyle conditions that we may or may not have so i i am a dreamer and a romantic and so i hope that you know, we are living in almost an age of legends where we can try to reach for that humanitarian step in our human evolution, if you will. So that's that's my thought on that, Amber. Back to you. <laughs> no, that's a, that's actually like a really good 
segue point, Mm -hmm. I feel like, to talk about some of the technologies and Mm -hmm. these wonders of the world that you had mentioned earlier, things that we kind of, that kind of started in our heads from Bail Domon. Mm -hmm. But the first thing that I was, so when we were researching this for Age of Legends, the first thing I was thinking about is the Kolam Dan, this university with the floating sphere thing going on above it. What is like, that? Yeah. <laughs> what it's is this thing? Anti-grav- anti-gravity building. Yeah. Yep. I love that. It's, it is the, it's the O-Gear spaceship. And it has left it there kind of like, like black, like men in black. Like the space <laughs> and needle they, in Seattle. They did a world's fair around it and that basically became, um, Oh, what's the name of the, the, the city? I forgot the name of the city. Parandizan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically just, let's just leave it there. Plant some trees around it. It'll be beautiful. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No one will know. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. I ooh, love that. which actually, mm. ooh. Okay, I'll, I'll make a note and come back to that no, another time when we talk about it. Ogre. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Even your guests are making notes during the show now. I listen currently when you do your, your episodes, Tracy and Amber, and it's just like something that you'll be saying something, you'd be like, oh, oh, oh spoiler, make a note, make a note. We talk about it after the break. Now yeah. your guests are doing that during the show as well. You know, I, I, love that. I love that. I don't. I'm trying to be a better guest. I mean, I always think of stuff and I'm just like, I was. Never mind. Pass. Next. Next person. Next person. Yeah. I keep forgetting. Yeah. So if I don't, but um, yeah. The um, the anti gravity tech. Uh, when I was looking, doing research for this, they were talking about um, basically that a lot of the modes of transportation pretty much use um, anti gravity. That's tech. So, so like, okay. cool. I hadn't That's really uh-huh. thought it's about really that. It's really like what it sounds like, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean, if you have to guess, like, what is this thing? <laughs> is it just because we know that they had totally different types of transportation because in one of Rand's Ruidian um, sequences, they're talking about the Joe cars, like they had cars mm-hmm. and then there was, I can't remember what the flying one was mm-hmm. called. Yeah. Showing. Yeah. And uh, yeah. flies. Yes. Yes. So like they, they had some pretty cool tech going on. And I think that this approach to technology that Robert Jordan created for the Age of Legends, it really kind of feels like a nod to our own time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like how the Age of Legends feels like us today Mm -hmm. a bit. Yeah. There's there's so many strange things that he's encountering with these Ruidion trips Mm -hmm. and visions. He's seeing the vision through his eyes, I guess, when the Colum Don basically blows up mm-hmm. after the bore is drilled into it's kind of cool because when i first read that i was like totally confused i had <laughs> no idea what was going on mm-hmm. These, the whole ruidion sequences were just um, like you know like brain exploding um, exploding emoji mm-hmm. where i'm just like what now like who's this guy mm-hmm. what's happening yeah and then you have all of these mentions of weird like vehicles and flying things and i'm like okay age of legends is wild mm-hmm. but it, it, it's like our time kind of really yeah. here's something that's just popped into my head after you said that um amber is so obviously this was written back in the 90s and the 80s and you know obviously mm-hmm. depending on how early the notes go back and such there was a huge expectation that 
by 2020, for example, mm-hmm. you know, 2000s, 2050, that there would be certain technological advancements. Yeah. I mean, if you look back, it's like we'd all have flying cars I'm still by the waiting 2000s. for mine. I wrote that down. You know? I was just like, <laughs> exactly. all sci-fi pretty much says that by the 21st century, so many different things are going to basically happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, to get to, to get to to talk about Star, Star Trek real briefly. Please. Um, yes. Until yes, we get yes, back to Star Trek. Very, <laughs> not briefly. Um, but the first contact in, um, in, in Star Trek, which basically also is the time when they invent faster than light travel, mm-hmm. is in mm-hmm. 2063. And I'm just like, it's already 2021. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but 42 I'm still waiting years for my left, hover, you know. for my hoverboard. I'm still waiting for my self, yeah. you know, self laces. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was meant to happen like six years ago, stuff. wasn't it? You know. You know exactly. Remember when um when um that I guess uh when um from Back to the Future Part Two. Michael J. Fox. When that yeah, when the actual year mm-hmm. that he went back mm-hmm. when he that he went forward to 2015 passed, uh-huh. and everybody was just like. Where the hell am I yep. driving? What are yep. my, my hover cars? Yep. As, as a fun side note, they made those self-lacing uh, Nikes they for did. Michael J. Fox. Yep. Just yes. as a fun side note there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. we're supposed to have all these things. So is this Robert Jordan writing Wishful of the Age thinking. Legends somewhere that's meant to be a perfect society, everyone's having a wonderful life, and then throwing in technology that at that point of him writing his notes and, and writing the books that he kind of, society expected us to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the early 2000s at some point, he's like taking inspiration from those. It's kind of, that, that's where I feel like he got some of his ideas from. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel pretty sure of that. I mean, mm-hmm. as we're talking about it, I think he was a bit of a dreamer and these are things that he would have liked to see, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. Well, I think sci-fi in itself, especially as far as it comes to advances in technology, are just optimistic viewings of 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 humanity where you know sooner or later printing presses won't be basically the rage right oh my goodness i'll be able to hold of you're telling me that i can basically get fiction and non-fiction out of this right yeah you you know out of this sorry i was holding up my iphone guys sorry (laughs) forgot that this is not a visual medium yeah i mean it's just it's optimism Mm -hmm. and i any any author at least you have some authors who basically are just like, no, you must be a realistic. We should all basically be just living in this, you know, this this horrible, this um, <laughs> dreary world. Mm-hmm. But most, mo- mo- most, you know, authors basically try to bring the hope for the future. It's about hope. It's about mm-hmm. hope. I that that's that's what I think. And so, even though Robert Jordan was showing a futuristic world, I think he basically connected it to mm-hmm. our present world. I think so too. To basically usher us towards hey guys let's let look towards the, the hill rather than looking down the valley yeah you know? yeah and then he threw a grenade into it and, <laughs> you know sidine <laughs> happened or the tate on sidine happened and then we exactly. and we do fall into this kind of dystopian era it's like Rand saying it's yeah. going to be the best beltine ever no and what was the one i've just listened to the episode yesterday or this morning i can't remember what it was um you you followed up with that one um oh uh, in the ways, oh, it's just the ways. It's not. That oh right, scary. right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Rand, shut it up. It should be written every time they say something <laughs> is going to be great, something is going to be easy. It will not be. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. As my flag. daughter would say, two hours later. Right. That's yeah. Exactly yes. She would say, and you know, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I give it a minute. I, Give it a minute. It'll blow. Up. Give it a minute. Yeah, I do agree with 
Felicia, about it being about hope, though, too. I mean, Amber and I talk about that a lot, how often, like, there are just things that are horrible knocking our main characters down over and over again, but it is the hope of something better, the belief in themselves that they are capable of Mm -hmm. making it better. Like, those things, I feel, really shine strongly, especially as you start kind of, like, digging into it and looking for those little nuggets. Like, as dark as it can get and as boring as it can sometimes get, there's definitely hope there, and I love that. Yeah, and it's almost, I mean, some of our main characters... They don't have to be big heroes, Mm -hmm. but as long as they do have some of this hope, they're kind of cherished and become, you know, Mm -hmm. these little mini heroes to push push the plot along. Mm -hmm. It's really great. That's that's all we are. Right? (laughs) We're all mini heroes pushing the plot along. Yes. I need, a, I need a tiny cape. <laughs> I'll have a tiny cape for my mini mini yes. hero. No capes. Yes. No capes. But I want a cape. <laughs> no capes. I'd like a cape. I would look amazing in a yeah, cape. I would get stuck in my car door. <laughs> <laughs> then they will really know what street you're driving on. Yeah. <laughs> what cape, officer? What cape? I have no idea what you're talking about. That's <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, where's one of my work aprons? I'll put a cape on. Now. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is my night cape. I need my day cape. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm going to wear my red cape today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what? yeah. The next thing that I mm. kind of found was something about the test for the shawl. And in an 05 Dragon Con, Robert Jordan called it an Uber virtual reality device. And I was like, huh. Right. I never had really thought of it that way. An Uber virtual reality device. So basically, he said it's in 2005. Have you guys tried any of them? The virtual well, reality things? I haven't tried them. Have any of you? No. Felicia's no. shaking, yes. So I have not, but has anyone seen the movie Ready Player One? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, so, all right. So yes. Tracy's shaking her head there. So Ready Player One, basically it's like 2050. Uh, the world's all gone to part. Uh, <laughs> and some guy invented virtual reality um, for the entire world, basically created a online world uh, with like different things within it, you know, different planets within it, casino planets, mm-hmm. um, gaming planets, all sorts of different things. You could be whoever you want to be. You can change your, your like you can as uh, go online like an and avatar. You know, put up a different, yeah, yeah your own avatar type mm-hmm. thing. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and, and when I was a kid, the way that works is he basically is on a treadmill that runs in any direction, senses of where he's going <laughs> and he's wearing gloves and a visor and stuff like that. <laughs> as a kid, I was like, my God, gaming consoles should be like that one day because that would be amazing. I kind of wish I'd gone into gaming consoles and actually tried to make that <laughs> own invention, but, you know, because that's, that's almost a thing now that's been happening in the last sort of 10 years. It is. Uh, but We have yeah, friends who bought virtual reality headsets because they couldn't go on vacation. So they used their vacation fund and they, <laughs> I, during COVID, who was going on vacation? I, I feel it. Yes. My, my daughter okay. lives on Roblox and basically that is exactly yep. what that is. Yep. It's, it's a virtual reality world where you can basically play tons of different games yep. and interact with friends and talk with friends. Yep. And they actually are now integrating virtual reality 
goggles or yep. the ability for to do virtual reality with it. Yeah, and and that's exactly what it is. It definitely saved my daughter's sanity. Right. Throughout the throughout the quarantine last year, yeah. basically just being able to play with her friends now. She's basically FaceTiming and Scott and um and Zoom doing a Zoom meeting. She had a she had a Roblox birthday party um earlier this year <laughs> where she had a Zoom, she had a Zoom set up with all of her friends on and they were all basically logged in at the same time and the Roblox actually has a game where they basically it's like it's like a like a bouncy it's like a bouncy park where they could ride bikes and they could ride scooters and jump on huge trampolines that that and they just they were in there for hours. That's amazing! It was awesome. Wow! I we even joined because I have one. <laughs> I got an account myself. It was it was great. Uh, I was I was you know, so, so yeah. But yeah, virtual rea- virtual reality as the um test, the accepted test, mm-hmm. or even I guess even the um the, the test the for the shawl. Test for the shawl. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that could be a, a, a kind of a just a, cha- a a different type of test basically. That seems that seems absolutely right on to me. That that make that would make sense. Yeah. That um somehow it attaches to your brain and basically, you know, brings about what you can see. But rather than um mm. a visor you have, you would basically be stepping into a hologram. Like a ho- yeah. like a holodeck. I know what that yeah. is. Yeah. I know what that is, guys. You know what a holo yes, yes, a holodeck <laughs> is how I view it. Am I a sci-fi? I was trying to find it now. Yes, I'm done chasing. Yes, you are. Yeah, you, what about, what about <laughs> yes, a holodeck is exactly how I viewed it originally. I've had an interesting twist put onto it from Brother Dan from the Leafcast Boys. So he looked at, uh, we were talking about the original purpose of Trump. And this particular Toronto Girl came up and he said in the Age of Legends that he thought it was a therapy device. Oh. Interesting. So you can go through. So it's like this is for what was. This is what will be. You know, so on mm-hmm. and so forth is what they say when you go through it. Mm-hmm. In essence, they would use it to be like, okay, go face. You know what you're ashamed of, what you're worried about, what you're you're got anxiety about. You know, in an environment where it's you and a and a you know a holodeck. Yeah. Using this terminology, That's you know, crazy. and you can work through it. Um, it is a form That's of a therapy. That's a great device, little theory. Yeah. Kind of psych self-diagnosis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah, had them awesome. at all That's, of the CVSs. <laughs> 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 Your doctor wrote you a script for it. You just stuck it into the machine and walked but through them. Would, this would really play. <laughs> this would actually play in really well with the Age of Legends because they were, you know, not only were they concerned with helping your physical yep. problems. But they were said to want to heal your mental problems yep. yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at least they tried. Uh, um, I think they said that uh, that um, they tried to heal madness, and mm-hmm. it wasn't able to be done until Nynaeve mm-hmm. did it, I guess, basically. But at the same time, that seems like a really good way of helping someone to basically, um, I guess, pinpoint exactly what right. issues they might have to deal with, like where life. where the trauma came from. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That is I, fascinating. I love that. Yeah, I love and I, that. I mean, I had always kind of just looked at it as like throwaway like magic because yeah. you know, magic. But when I think <laughs> about it now, I'm like technology. This is technology, mm-hmm. not magic. It's it's oh, a holodeck. It was always a holodeck to me. So. Yeah, because I mean, we we talked about how like in the Age of Legends they would create Tarongreal that could be used by people who couldn't touch the one power in any way. So, I mean, you don't, 
when the wisdom or not the wisdom when the wise ones send off apprentice wise ones to the rings in ruidian you don't have to be able to channel to become a wise one so i'm assuming you don't have to be able to channel to walk through those three rings either so this could be another no. example of one of those standing flow tarongrils that are set up for people to use i love that therapy idea i can't get it out of my head that's so cool okay yep standing flows is that a tesla coil <gasps> standing flows we were just talking about that that it's it, no that sounds like it yeah it it does. Does. i'm just like thinking it. to myself like it how does, exactly do they um i mean you have a standing you have standing flow i mean it's it's i guess quote unquote energy right. that basically is available for everybody to use around the globe nikola I guess, tesla quote, would have been proud with this you know? <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just like oh exactly mm -hmm. you get past you know seeking monetary gain and you basically just just share the technology and, yeah. and, and energy with everyone that sounds so beautiful so yeah Biedemann <laughs> could have been this this researcher that was working with Lanfear could have been the tesla of his time he probably needed a different research assistant <laughs> yes i'm gonna say i feel right. like he was that's where he that that he I definitely she was the was only one who goal. showed up when he basically was signing up uh, you know um like looking for volunteers right. to help him with his research <laughs> he was so taken in by how beautiful he was she was he was like yes yes please come work with me yeah yeah i don't care what you can do you're gorgeous i mean exactly. you look qualified <laughs> you look qualified i said that intentionally like, what's your degree in poli sci <laughs> fine whatever <laughs> poli sci is fine i major in dance i was gonna exactly <laughs> Interpretive dance. Well, while starting, I was going to say can, cosmetology, uh, but yeah. that works too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, your brows, man, your brows. Fuck, you need exactly. me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, no, that, that brow. It, it, right, so, right, uh, right. <laughs> Nothing against anyone who does any of those things. Seriously. Hey, but I, I mean, as I compared to like eyebrows. what you would want somebody to be qualified for. Who who knows? Maybe Biedemann was just like totally entranced by Mirren's beauty and was like, oh, because I mean, that's what we hear or read throughout the series is everyone just gets she's like um, Galad, like everyone just goes kind of stupid around him because he's so beautiful. Like apparently maybe Lanfear's the same way. I would like to believe that I would have the opposite reaction to Galad and hate him for being so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would be a Brigida. You would be a Brigida. Yes. Brigida was like, he, no, he's too pretty. No, with you. No, more. Stop being so pretty. Your feet probably stink. That's exactly what Brigida would say in her mind. If God was like, like you bad know, breath. had the personality of like Chris Evans or someone who was just like a genuinely awesomely nice, yeah. great person, then you're like, you're a unicorn and this is perfectly acceptable and I love you. But the fact that he's not Chris Evans mm. in Wheel of Time, mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, and I say that just because Chris Evans is, you know, has that, I, I, you know, that moment in uh, everything. Civil everything. War. <laughs> yeah, everything, but particularly Civil War, where he's like holding the helicopter. And I think every person on the planet just kind of went, Ooh. wow. Um, I know, right? You know. I mean, that's the reaction I expect Gallard gets, you know, is like, oof, wow. And, um, it seems like know, it. It's okay in Chris Evans because he's an awesome person, but it's not okay in Gallard because he's not Chris Evans. So, you know, yeah. Just going on the how beautiful people are thing. So maybe Mirren has that. Maybe mm -hmm. people look at Mirren and just go, 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know? can't help she has to have at least one redeeming quality somewhere in there. She's tenacious. Somewhere in there. She's tenacious. That's her redeeming quality. Yeah. yeah. And she, she's she's highly intelligent. She well, does, I've got to say does very, not give very, up. Mm-hmm. Lanfear is definitely my favorite of the Forsaken. I'm a Lanfear fan. I think she just wanted to like prove that she could be as good as the men around her that she kept being compared to. This is not a Lanfear episode. Let's go back to sci-fi. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm I, seg- to I segued it with talk of Captain America and all sorts of things, so don't it's worry. Totally you know, it's, fine. Fine. <laughs> it's all sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So let's see. Constructs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that they are bioengineering these creatures and the chora trees but i was also thinking like wait a minute are they are they living breathing creatures some of them or what if they're like an ai type situation do they have souls the situation is strange because we've got you know obviously the constructs on the side of the light the ones on the side of the dark some of them kind of have a little bit of a one-track mind where they almost feel like they can't say no to things that they are told to do. You know, what's going on with these things? And I kind of feel like this is a very science fiction-y thing, creating these creatures. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, Uh, so... uh, No, go Okay, well, I was going to uh, bring in Star Trek a little bit again. Do yes. it. Do it. Thank you. Go Ho- ahead, because that's where I was going. So go ahead first. <laughs> Holograms? Is that where you're I'm going? I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. No, I was we'll going to go to before. I was going to go to World War Three, But go ahead. I was going to go okay, to World so, War Three. So go ahead. I'm, I'm going with the, the holograms, specifically the Doctor from Voyager. Um, mm. is kind of where I'm going. So Tracy, you, you understand the concept of a hologram. Yes? yes. But like characters in a holodeck, they're hologram. Yes? Yes. So there's a character in Voyager who is the Doctor, and he ends up, you know, he's in a, he's a, a stand-in Doctor basically. Mm-hmm. But over the period of seven seasons, he becomes part of the crew and develops his own personality and uh, all that sort of stuff. He is a, a set of subroutines, a set of computer programs, mm-hmm. and then force fields, and you know, make him a hologram that allow him to interact with other people, diagnose problems, and then perform surgeries or, or medical procedures to heal people. Mm-hmm. He eventually adds more of those, so then he develops you know the ability to have relationships with people a love for opera he starts doing performances you know a a, a passion for photography and things like that and ends up becoming a genuine person on the crew and there's like debates on holographic rights and that i see the constructs in wheel of time as that so someone has made the body be in this case physical and then gone let's fill it full of something that makes it a person yeah it for in a broad sense is what mm-hmm. i'm saying so that's i both I've, I've just got road to el dorado you know those two guys both both, both. <laughs> both is good yeah. exactly i, I, I love that. the fact that he has he has gray's anatomy on in his programming i love that <laughs> that gray's anatomy is still alive is still alive and living in like the 24th century whatever that is basically <laughs> yep. that's amazing yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's i mean that's it's the also a show i've like, never watched so is it like 27 I, I, seasons at this point or but... something you know like it's, i don't think it's yeah. ever gonna end you know it's what? like the simpsons it's like 45th season <laughs> <laughs> like, damn how is this older than i am you know <laughs> exactly well it's like they were cre- okay so these constructs were created to fill a role in society mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of them were good <laughs> some of them not but that this is kind of making me think about 
the Nim and the Green Man where they're kind of like, okay, the Green Man was the last one still around and they're like, very, we have this very important task for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then he's just waiting around and waiting and waiting for this moment to come. Yeah. Now I'm just kind of thinking, right. like, what was he doing there on his own? Was he learning? Was he, was he growing or, you know, becoming more sentient and sapient as time goes on? Was mm-hmm. the green man kind of like peak Nim? Were the ones before him just like were growing things? Because with the one that we meet, he feels very human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has all his memories from back when the breaking began, mm-hmm. basically. It makes me think of... Um, there was an episode, sorry, to go back to Star Trek. No, please the, do. But I'm going to go, I mean, go back to Star Trek again, too. <laughs> um, it makes me think of when the Doctor... What really starts to develop him as a character is basically when he starts to just run continuously mm. and be able to control his own, you know movements and he could shut himself off and turn himself back on whenever he you know wants to so i'm just like thinking myself like yeah that that kind of autonomy kind Mm -hmm. of develops um consciousness i guess Mm -hmm. that's the way to say it yeah yeah world war three pretty much from star trek started because of um the eugenics not eugenics what's that called um is yeah i I think they called it but yeah 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 eugenics eugenics war yeah so basically it started because of that and so um it, it's when we started to, you know, mess with genetics and, you know, to connect world real time to Star Star Trek. Basically, it's technology that existed, but then basically, I guess, in Wheel of Time, they used it for good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. until... Until um, turned up. Until Agnor basically <laughs> decided to, you know, play with, play with the programming. But it reminds me of um, Data. He basically um, improved his, his programming. Mm. Centennial Man... Robin, with oh. Robin Williams, oh, love, love that, that movie. movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Sonny from iRobot with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, they all had programming that it, that you know to carry out specific tasks, but at the same time, they were given the capability to um, to learn. And I guess it's that learning, is that is that it's that ability to learn mm-hmm. that basically kind of sets them apart. It's almost like your phone, as you first use it, it basically just like, you know, does whatever you say, but then it starts to guess what you're going to yeah, say yeah. after Credit, a while, yeah. mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and then after it's spied on you enough, it's yeah. like, you are going to, you, you want to search for this now, you know, so you want to buy an ice tray. I'm just like, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> how did you know? I was looking yeah, for creepy. some crops. It's all, but that's like predictive <laughs> text too, like predictive text when you're texting after you use a phone for so long, like it just starts to kind of like guess. Mm-hmm. So this yeah, is I like mean, something that happened with my dictionary in my phone after being so involved in Wheel of Time stuff. Yeah, You know, it's no longer trying to make crazy German words out of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you type in a Wheel of Time name and it's like, yeah, that's cool. I know my that My autocorrect has <laughs> done that on Google Docs too. Like yesterday I was going through it and it was like, this name is wrong. And I clicked on it and I was like, oh my God. A wheel of time has seeped into all of my digital yeah. stuff at this point. It's yeah. crazy. Taviran comes up immediately when I start to type it um, with, with, with the apostrophe, it, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, if, if I if I don't put the right, if so, if I accidentally hit an I after I type, if I try to type the word make, mm-hmm. and instead of hitting E, I hit I for some reason. It then tries to autocorrect it to Malkia. Of so, course. You know, it, it, happens. it absolutely it happens. It's crazy. It happens. Yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. 
I mean, I, I, I'd like to believe that, especially because of so many, um, you know, people are talking about it and so many companies are investing in trying to work on it, basically. Mm-hmm. That that idea of AI is already in use and if not, you know, just algorithms out there basically just grabbing whatever we, you know, think and trying to put out what it thinks we want. But oh my God, later, yes, you're so you know, right. I'm sorry. You know, it's... Little, no, 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 no. Little by little, it's like, you know, kind of just learning. And that's, to me, is that 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 AI kind of difference between technology and, and intelligence. And for, I was writing all my notes. And then when I got to that part of sentient or sempient, <laughs> I stopped for a while because I was just like, what? Well, I'm just like, I don't, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know. Or it was, was um, Nemeshta, is that his name? Nemeshta? So, no, 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 so that's Uno Nemeshta. Yeah. Shemesta, I think. Shemesta, not not Uno Nemesta. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, Shemesta. He seemed sentient. Yes. Because he he cared about trees Mm -hmm. and about the land, and he remembered. Mm -hmm. He he became um, angered. Yeah. Yeah. He had a reaction. Is that AI? Yeah, I mean, at what point does AI? What at what point does AI become just intelligence and and a sentient person or a sentient being? Yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. Robert Jordan just it's not it's not in your notes here, but just to to go on the AI tangent a bit Mm -hmm. more, Robert Jordan described the wheel as an advanced AI. Ooh, he said that in interviews. He said that in uh, just general. He's put that in his notes in general discussions, conversations with people. Really. that's been said multiple times. The wheel is an, is basically a super advanced AI. He's like, think of it like that. Um, and it's like a, the the wheel is, it's a computer program and there's a set of variables and it just throws out different things to be like, okay, right, this should fix that and that should fix that and that should fix that. Yeah. Dragon being one of them, certain events have to happen and, and you know, it's constantly just throwing out little bugs. Millions to you know fixing. Yeah, yeah, fixing the little bugs to get the scenario to keep ticking around the way it should be going. So the architect, that's the, yeah, you know. And you know, <laughs> the architect from the Matrix, exactly. exactly. My um, you know? my husband is a software developer, and that's his whole job is like going in and fixing those little problems so that everything runs more smoothly. And like what you said, Felicia, about how like our technology is being designed to be responsive to us. We just got a new car recently because our other car shit died on us and we were like well i guess we get a new car now and it recognizes us when we're walking up to the car like what what do you mean recognize you what it's like you're walking up to be like hello tracy welcome back (laughs) i like that dress right you look particularly lovely today where are we going that's that's what it does by the way that dress is green (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it's red what you're a dark friend, car. You're a dark friend. It is black. <laughs> but like, Kyle. when I walk up to it, the... Do you have one of those... Uh, yeah, like, you have like one of the fobs yeah. that it goes into yeah. your yeah. back. So it, so it, it just senses yeah. you. Yeah, your as you're walking your up to it. Person. And I'm like, this car... It even has like a timer. So we can set a timer for it. So if you want to like heat the car up in the morning, we can set it up and it'll start at like 8 a.m. And it'll be warm by the time we get into it at 8.15 when we need to leave. Like, what kind of world do we live in? That's fucking magic. That's magic. I'm waiting. It's magic. It is magic. Um, technology um, back in 1800, the 1800s was probably, or say 1700s was considered magic. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you t- if you took a cell phone, you know, 50 years <laughs> exactly. back. Exactly. Yep. You know. Which. You're a witch. Like, if, if you, if you <laughs> took a cell phone, yeah, if you took a cell phone to Alan Turing, 
uh, who the man who basically invented modern computers mm-hmm. even he would be like what sorcery is magic this? yeah what yeah. sorcery is you know like so please teach me a, a wise master. Right? Yeah. I would just run around <laughs> taking pictures of everyone and telling them that I've sold their soul. And if they don't leave me the fuck alone, sending their image to the devil. That's how I would get through that. You would be arrested. <laughs> You'd be burned. And no, no, no. That's what I would need it for. It'd be my insurance. Tracy you there at the me. stake being like, how to survive being dropped in a river with a stone, but not be called a witch. Just um, wait, I'm Googling. I'm Googling. Back off. <laughs> Googling the futuristic can you, for the devil. Can you imagine? I mean, the, the things that our technology has is, has become verbs in our in our everyday language like i'm i'm googling something or uh, channeling yeah message me you know like (laughs) it just the things that we have adapted i mean maybe not message but you know what i mean like there are just things facebook for a minute was like kind of a yeah like a bit of a verb facebook me exactly facebook Mm -hmm. me was definitely so Um, i just i feel i feel like this connection is is closer and closer even in these last like 10, 10 years, even we're closer to that idea of what could be considered an age of legends. I think even in this this past year, mm. we have advanced ourselves to that is a great un- point. Unfortunately, and this might just basically be um, the fact that I was listening to a um, a podcast about Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> um, uh, it, it it's it's pushing us towards um, more not more dependency. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a good balance of dependency on technology, mm-hmm, but at the same mm-hmm. time realizing of what the, what technology brings to us, mm-hmm. which is being able to be close. All of us are at least a thousand miles apart from each other. Right, yeah. yeah. At, at, every last one of us are at least a thousand. Well, mm-hmm. England well I don't think I'm a Germany, thousand miles from Germany, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, many, say, I'm not many, sure exactly many, how many, how many, many miles. miles. Yeah. It's a lot. Several hundred. It's a lot. At least it's several a lot. hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put it this way, I could not just go out pop you know pop over and say no yeah, how you do it no exactly. exactly which is disappointing seriously i want you guys I, i'm just thinking to myself like i'm gonna be the only person that i like well no I, I i saw another podcast that um i like that basically they're gonna be at they said they're gonna be at jordan con oh, 2021. Nice. i'm gonna oh, be at 20 i'm gonna i'm gonna be there so I'm, I'm it's Yay. gonna be my first one i'm very excited i'm excited um, for you <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I, go I hope crawl that one day you guys are gonna cry come. now. <laughs> one year, I hope to see all of you there. So. Yeah. Next year, I, I mean, yeah. I yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not double vaccinated in time to. Qualify, I won't so either. I, I got my I rolled my ticket. Over. I got my first vaccination yesterday. I'm very excited Yay! about it. So well done. Mine's well the done. 30th, and it's a one and done. That's I'm awesome. Excited. But that's another mm-hmm. like advancement over the last year, even that our scientists were able to pull together this fast to put in a to, year. In a year. Yeah. And that is like unheard of. It's incredible. And that everybody is like, not everybody, I should not generalize that because of course there's the whole like vaccinated, non-vaccinated controversy. But it is astonishing how many people are willing to trust the science at this point. Like you think about like smallpox and what it took for people to get inoculated for smallpox because they took actual smallpox and infected you with it so your body would learn how to fight off the infection and everyone was like why in the world would you infect someone you love with something that could kill them so getting to this point where we're like oh yeah 
you guys did the research, you did all the things for us, stick in my arm, I'm ready to go. That's where we've come. It's just astonishing. It's astonishing. I I, I call, I, I think of it as a milestone for science. I'm just <sighs> like, I, I, little by little, we're all gonna basically, you know, find our comfort level basically. But it, it technology is, it, it's something that is to be feared yeah. sometimes especially in the wrong hands, mm -hmm. but at the same time, in the right hands, it works towards that hope, you know, mm -hmm. technology, you know, basically. Which, uh, the, the wrong hands, basically, it's made me think about um, Star Agonor. Trek again. <laughs> <laughs> that part. The, just, uh, the, the, the eugenics system, basically, mm -hmm. where, you know, um, in Star Trek, they started making these superhumans, and then a geopolitical cataclysm mm -hmm. had, happened where they just started firing nukes at each other. Technology pretty much kind of at least in that situation, technology didn't die off. In mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. the Roman after the Roman Empire fell, technology pretty much mm -hmm. went, <laughs> you know, and yeah. it took a really yep. long time to build itself up. And that's what makes me think of the Third Age. Yeah, you had stable government and technology, and then basically someone decided to throw a wrench in it, and now we have to start over. Yeah, but. Sooner or later, people are just going to think to us, people are going to rely on technology and, and trust technology more and more, hopefully, over the over the years. I just can't help but think about, like, I, will, I like to watch Time Team. Do any of you guys watch Time Team? No, I haven't heard it yet. I don't watch it regularly, but I do know the show, and I have watched it on a multiple it's, occasions. It's, what, it's actually a family favorite, which cracks me up. Like, anytime Arthur goes out to the yard to dig it's something It's not up, shocking. I know, right? But, it, like, even my even my. I mean, how often do you talk of... You talk, he goes outside, he's like, talking about I'm looking for you know? artifacts, Mom, and I love that. But the remains, the archaeological finds that have been found from the Roman times, like, some of them have heated floors in, like... BC period, early AD period, and then they collapse and you go back to mud huts and eating roasted hedgehogs over a single fire, you know? So yeah, it's like, and we see that over and over again, like the the rise of an empire, semi-political. Glory to the builders. Glory to the builders. Should we use that to talk about O'Gear? Because I don't know where we are for time and I don't want to like just ramble nice away. Nice segue. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> a lovely segue Thanks. into Ogier. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk Ogier now. I'm down for okay. that. So the Ogier and maybe the Finn, are they aliens? Mm. I'm going to go with yes, yes on the Ogier. I say yes to both. I say yes, I say to, yes both. to both. Well, yeah. I, I say definitely yes to the Ogier. The Finn are, they're, they're like another dimension. So they're basic, you know, they may as well be aliens at that stage i i think that's an ultimate an alternative mm -hmm. dimension mm -hmm. to thin, mm -hmm. and i think ogier are eight mm -hmm. Ooh. yeah so. same here same here um i actually wrote down um are they aliens question mark possible first contact Ooh. and i was just like maybe i was just like the ogier oh, like you know when they geez. arrived i was just like like, it's so funny, because that's why I wrote down, call them down, Ogier. And when you, you said it, I was just like, maybe that's their mothership. And it basically got it got, it got destroyed. Um, I'm sorry, so, are Ogier Vulcans at this stage? First contact, you know, like... Sure. Their ears wow. kind of move and, 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 and do all kind of crazy Yeah, things. instead of being logical, they're all about that. <laughs> Exactly. So I was just like, sure, they could be aliens. I, I mean, that makes, I mean, in sci-fi, you have aliens who come from other dimensions and you have aliens yeah. who basically come from, from this dimension. From other worlds from other, or other, other worlds. galaxies. So they yeah. definitely could be, could see something. My thought though was, 
Okay, so in the first stage, supposedly that's us. Mm -hmm. There's no magic. And then basically, I guess somewhere between the first age and the second age, I would really love to hear more about that. I guess we discovered mm -hmm. the, the source, mm -hmm. the power. And so I was just like, I wonder if, what if the Ogier kind of, um, them arriving either A, made us mm. more curious and made us kind of find the source, or did that somehow change the world in a way that we can now access the source? Just Ooh. a thought. Go ahead. Just a thought. Just a thought. I have no clue. I'm just, I, I was just, this. just, just randomly yeah. just yeah. punching. I was just like, Ooh, did they, did, <laughs> did we make that, did we make that leap in encountering the beings? Like, like, did it push us to tap the I power? I kind of absolutely love the idea of a first contact being the Ogier. You mm -hmm. know, like so often when you think like aliens, you think kind of like little green men and a little creepy and, you know, not necessarily something almost lovable, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. And also I love Vulcans. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I do. I, that's my favorite. They're my favorite. They're my, my favorite alien. But go ahead. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I love that. My favorite no, alien I, I just is think... alien. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Now, that definitely does not fit into the little green men section or the, the cute no. section. That's a whole no, because, section. No, like, I, I, I think that, I don't know, that, that aspect of terror is really interesting. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason why I'm fascinated by the shadow spawn because it's just like oh mm -hmm. like evil creepy yeah yeah but no i yeah. love the idea of ogre the ogier being like oh yeah okay yeah Hard. they're lovable right. <laughs> <laughs> this huge, these huge you... beings is coming <gasps> off of this ship basically and they're just like oh my what goodness what if they help what if they helped us to grow trees to take care of pollution? And in the process... Okay, it turned up to help fucking climate. Oh my God, yes. Oh my gosh, there they, it is. They were like, Cannon. they were like, we've been looking out for you. you. <laughs> Helped us build a new world. We can stop worrying about global warming now. The Ogier will come and save us. <laughs> exactly. I don't, so so if, <laughs> if the column, yeah. If the column done is their like first contact spaceship, and they introduced us to the power. You know, they helped us find its ID inside our... Um, mm -hmm. That kind of fits with why the, the it setting? becomes a university and oh. why they're using it as, you know, hey, mm -hmm. we're going to find this one power that both of us could use oh, as opposed yeah. to these two separate ones. And why they're using that ship as their place to find that and study and dig for it sort of thing. Um, I'm just making stupid connections uh, now, but yeah. But there's also no. the connection to the settings being like blocked off. Yep. So yeah. like mm -hmm. that would be the balance, right? Like mm -hmm. the the ability to not have it proves that there's an ability to have it, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Like, no, I think that does make sense. Like if they've brought a little piece of them with them, like it says like the studdings make the ogier, not the other way around, then if that's the case and the magic exists in the world that they've come to or the one power exists in the world that they've come to, then that would make sense for it mm -hmm. to be present here but not in a studding. Did that mm -hmm. Is that kind of what you said? Am I following yeah, you? Yeah, because I always saw the settings as their pocket worlds, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Right. Like this special place that's just for that. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't access it through Teleron Riyadh. It's this, that it doesn't, mm-hmm. ex- it, I don't want to say it doesn't exist, but basically at least regular, everything that exists in the regular world mm-hmm. um, can be accessed. So possibly it basically is kind of outside of the world. And that's why you can't feel the source when you step inside. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, I like it. It, mm-hmm. it reminded me of, um, a, a book, um, well, it's a series basically um, called um, Lilith's Brood from um, Octavia mm. Bot- uh, Octavia E. Butler. It's an alien race basically called the Onkali. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that's how I said, always read it, Onkali. And so they have a connection to um, like kind of, not exactly nature, but where they mm-hmm. live, they are connected to it where um, it's their shelter but also their food source and mm-hmm. like you know and so it, it it it's it's a seed bank and they live on it and they travel from world to world basically collecting dna and mm. um and so when, but when they find a world they almost kind of rebuild that world um and you know and make it livable again but it's a whole other conversation with basically whether or not they decided that humans are worth are worthy of living on this mm-hmm. remade world that they basically recycled. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> they were just like, I don't know if we should let humans get back on that world um, after <laughs> we destroyed it pretty much. So, um, but it made me think of, of, of the Owen Kali because it's just like the, the connection that they have and the respect that they have for life and for nature and how rare it is basically Mm -hmm. so kind of the ogier make me think of that basically where they're just like they they to cut down a tree is like almost is sacrilege basically Mm -hmm. where they're just like it's you're cutting down life it's yeah yeah it would make you wonder why they left in the first place like maybe they're Mm. they couldn't grow their settings anymore on their home planet world realm and they showed up here and they're like, okay, like we can, we can live here. It's a new planet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say supernova. I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yep. Um, the fin. Okay. These little freaks. <laughs> Seriously, ladies, you should do videos sometimes. So just watching Tracy just be like lose it is brilliant thank you thank you um what were we talking the about fin. the fin the, those the fin those creepy little you call them yeah. those little freaks that yeah. was so little, funny little, little freaks those little scamps yeah they <laughs> just but that just feels so accurate they're freaky and creepy everything about them mm-hmm. creeps me out they're i mean their realm is wild they can't channel, right? They can't. Ch- you can't channel while you're inside. Otherwise, the whole thing comes down, right? Mm-hmm. Was it other, ever said whether or not you could channel in there? I, I don't. I don't know if I ever. If I or was it? No, no, no. It was too many Tavirans, right? That's yeah. what it That's was. That's what set it off. Yeah. Too many Tavirans I mean, yeah. in there. Saver. Is what almost yeah, we didn't get. It down. We didn't get Rand or Moraine's v- viewpoint in there. So I, 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 all we have is Matt. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. You, you, you can channel in there because um, uh, Lanthier and Moraine channeled while they were prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. That's true. Yes. That's true. Because because she asked she asked one. for a bracelet or something, wasn't it? And that increased her strength 
and they were happy to give her that because then that well, gave them more to save her as they Sustenance. slowly drained her of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm. Right. Right. Mm, okay. <clears throat> so I mean, hey, that that so the power exists there too, in their world also. So then that would make sense if it were just like more of an alternate dimension, yeah, as opposed to a different world entirely. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is this a world where the Ogier didn't turn up and showed them how to fix everything and they ended up just being <laughs> these creepy little things that, not. that feed on sustenance of other others just in general? And, Their trees you know, sound it's weird. It's been a long time. Yes. <laughs> there aren't many of us left. The sustenance exactly. the saver ran away. The saver. The saver. <laughs> Man, I hope snakes and foxes listen to this. <laughs> Just saying. He's going to be so offended. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine in the, just the, the full spoiler button. discussion of your, of your Discord be like, I am not a freak. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, how very interesting. I hadn't really thought about those things because like we have the portal stones and stuff and that's just like parallel and alternate worlds but then the fin would be like a different dimension of this particular world is that well right? with, with the 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 elfin and elfin i kind of got the idea that so you've got the portal stones and they mm -hmm. take you to all the worlds of if parallel worlds mirror worlds all those sorts of things mm -hmm. the yeah the Metaphysics get very, very heavy and very, yeah. very muddied. Mm -hmm. uh, even, even the innkeeper says that. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of got the vibe that the thin world was like the focal point from all of those worlds of if that it sort of spurred mm. off from, and that's how they could, you know, give you anything because well, it, that'll exist in this world or that world, and I can just sort of take it. Um, and they know everything because they've they can see all the possibilities. Because the idea, the idea behind those worlds is, you know, if you take a left instead of a right, a new world opens up type situation. Um, so I kind of got the idea that they, that was like the, the start point or the focal point of all those worlds. And perhaps mm -hmm. the thin were discovered through the creation of portal stones and, and such. Or maybe they discovered the thin oh, somehow okay. and made the portal stones from that. Mm. I, that's kind of, you know, th there was a bit of sharing of technology in that moment of like, well, this is right. how our worlds work. Um, but, you know, we can't give you access to them because that would require some form of treaty, uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, but if you send people through periodically for us to, you know, enjoy their essence, uh, we'll tell you how to create <laughs> right. access to those worlds using the power. Right. I don't know, perhaps, you know. I, I can't remember which um, someone's podcast or show I might have mentioned before. I was like, I kind of feel like the um, Tower of Genji is like a antenna. And so I think that with, was on my show, to be honest. Yeah, did boom. we talk about yeah. thin, um, men being yeah. part thin? I believe yes. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I was just like, I kind of. It, it, it's interesting. We we talk about the Ogier and possibly the Kolum Don is the Ogier mothership, basically that that landed. Maybe the Tower of Genji is a, another mothership that basically just landed out mm. in in two in the two rivers. Or would that be considered the two rivers or Andor? Andor somewhere out I think there, that basically? was just somewhere in Andor, wasn't it? It wasn't somewhere in, in Andor. Yeah. This landed somewhere mm -hmm. out in Andor, basically. Or, but it's not specifically, they don't live there. It's just basically a portal. And that mm -hmm. makes me think about like um, 
the redstone door, redstone door frames. Like, is mm-hmm. that the chicken, like the chicken or the egg? Which one came first? The right. Redstone door, the redstone door frames or the um, the fin. The fin. Like, I'm I mean, very I, like ancient like, alien vibes right now, where they're like giant structure. Is it alien. a spaceship? Was it a landing? Was it where they a spaceship <laughs> is supposed to land? You know, like is this right. a message yeah. to above? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and a lot of um, aliens, a lot of people who believe, well, I believe in aliens, but um, a lot of people who basically, there's like, okay, there's interdimensional aliens and there's physical aliens and maybe the Finn Mm -hmm. are sort of an interdimensional alien that they live in kind of like the crossroads kind of of all worlds in between Mm -hmm. one dimension and the other, basically, or one plane and the other. I would say that plays really well into what Rob said too. Yeah. You know, like being able to access everything kind of all yeah. at once. That's, I mean, and it would explain so much about like Matt's memories. Like if the Finn has, have access to everything, of course they have access to that, that they can shove it into mm-hmm. his brain right away and be like, these are, here, here, here are all of your options. Yeah. So many options <laughs> for combat. Yeah, someone, someone just ran out back quickly, went to the memory section, grabbed a mm-hmm. shit ton of marbles. I was about to say, I was like, here you go. Put it on a, put <laughs> it on a thumb this. drive. Yeah, put oh, it on a thumb drive and he shoved it in the back of his head and be like, crazy librarian. So, you know, like that big spike in the back of his head, make yourself just hit That's upload. That's why he needed the like, to like cover Max, it. Max, Max, Max there with yes. yes, yes, upload. The hat explains so much now. There we go. Uh, I love how I just I need to see that in the show. This is eyes flicker. I know Kung Fu. That animated movie about um, uh, from Disney about uh, emotions and stuff. What's that bloody called? You got happy and sad at the kid's head. Inside, inside, inside out. out. Yeah, I kind of like just most of the Matrix and inside out then. It's making <laughs> me think of, it's making me think of the fifth element when she's like learning yeah. all the yes. martial arts and stuff super mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Matrix. Um, what else? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, just like downloading it. Boom. Mm-hmm. And you know it. Okay. Since we're talking it. about space travel and stuff, I think I want to end on this quote from Mogidian. Mm-hmm. And this is in the Shadow Rising when her and Nynaeve are going toe to toe. And she is trying to kind of. I want to say distract. Mogidian's trying to distract Nynaeve and she's talking mm-hmm. wild stuff. And she says, travel to other worlds, even worlds in the sky. And then it's kind of like going back between Nynaeve, like listening to her and then observing mm-hmm. like the look on her face. And so it's just like this little mm-hmm. snippet that we get. And I always ask myself, is Mogidian, do we trust her on this or... Is she just, you know, like saying wild stuff to say wild stuff and distract Nynaeve? Because I'm kind of leaning towards, yeah, travel to other worlds, obviously. Because we've seen, you know, so much of these travel structures like the ways and the portal stone. You're kind of at some point on on another world if you consider another realm a different world. Mm -hmm. But... I'm also thinking about, I think it's the last battle where someone opens up a portal and then they're using it like a TV. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm, open a portal mm-hmm. up and they're just And they watching. can see the battle. Right. Mm-hmm. And they can see the battle. But like, what's to say 
what's to keep them from doing that on another planet being like i'm opening up a portal on this planet and watching what's going on over there so like there you're kind of like traveling it and witnessing it but mm-hmm. it's kind of just making me think of all of these different ways you could interpret like travel so it was robert jordan was asked um, about traveling to other worlds mm-hmm. and i think someone of like Nynaeve's power level mm-hmm. could open a gateway to the moon, for example. I, rem- I remember Dis- mm-hmm. distance. I remember reading. Yeah, this. distance becomes a factor. Um, to then start traveling to other planets, you would need basically the strongest circle that could possibly exist using the maximum number mm-hmm. of channelers. And then you could start hopping planets in a solar system. It's like you basically would be wildly unlikely to be able to hop planets into another solar system. Yeah because kind the of near, like next nearest one is, is just, yeah. Light years, uh, yeah, thousands yeah, of light years away. Exactly. Yeah. The distance becomes a factor. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's, you know, somewhere in Randland to somewhere in Randland, it you know, basically it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, but when you start leaving the planet, then distance really, really Starts plays to... a key role in that. Um, so Nynaeve could visit the moon, or anyone of Nynaeve's level could probably visit the moon. Um, but that's about it because basically to start planet hopping, you'd need both access keys and, you know, is it 72 is the maximum number in a circle or something of that nature? Mm-hmm. Whatever the maximum number in a circle is. And they'd all have to be basically 90 level anyway. During so. the Age of Legends, though, weren't most of the Aes Sedai considerably stronger than the Aes Sedai during the Third this Age? Because I would think that, I mean, it's it's commented on all the time through the series, like well, how. Yeah, they're, they're how all Forsaken level, aren't they? Because the Forsaken are Aes Sedai of the Age of Legends. Mm-hmm. So right. Nynaeve of Forsaken level, but you'd need like the maximum number of people that can fit But during the Age of Legends, isn't it like the Forsaken's like, ability and strength and the power wasn't... Like Lanfear, Luce, Theron, uh, Ishamael. Like those are the top three that I'm thinking of. But like right they're... Right about it. And after that... Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, but like the strength of all channelers during the age of legends is said to have been much greater than the Aes Sedai that we have in the third age. So if they are all more powerful, wouldn't they be able to potentially create, I mean, I don't want to go against, you know, Robert Jordan because this is the world he created and everything. Go ahead. He won't mind. Go ahead. (laughs) I just kind of have to wonder, like if we're talking about somebody of Nynaeve's level, someone of Nynaeve's strength level in the age of legends would barely have been noticeable because she would have been just like everybody else. Everybody else is supposed to be really strong during the age of legends. So just, just a hypothetical question. Yeah, or... but you would still need a, a full, a full maximum possible size circle to planet. Yeah, to, to get to that Mars or that. something. So, but they all wanted to work together because they were all friendly humanitarians. <laughs> true. Right? Very true. Yeah. Could there be a portal stone on the moon? Oh. Hmm. I mean, I don't see why there couldn't yeah. be. Could we travel to the moon that way? obviously post um finding out about the power it just makes me think about your thoughts uh, or your um comments rob basically about um not being able to to go that far maybe mm-hmm. we can't go that far because we'd basically be going further away from the source so we mm. couldn't travel all the way to the moon because basically be our sense. the source is earth basically mm-hmm. you just ping the yeah. bell in my head yes that is actually part of it you get further away yeah, from, the from the source in the process so from yes the in the process, yeah oh, okay okay but 
if you had those little antennas on Mars and the moon, right. basically of portal stones, maybe you could basically jump or, and, and go around. But I kind of, but it's funny. I don't remember that part. Um, um, tra- um, Amber, uh, with Mogadi and speaking to Nynaeve, I'm, I'm going to go read it it's, as soon as I basically get off this with you. So I can basically be like, oh, okay. Mm. I, I don't know. Sometimes I just miss certain things. Um, Me too. Just, Me too. You know, it's it's, it's out, really like half of a sentence. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so brief. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. but that's um, but I probably have heard heard it and just never really connected it to to something like that. Basically, that that um, what, what did they say? Um, cities in the sky travel or, to or, other worlds, even worlds, other in, worlds the sky. in the sky. In the sky. Mm-hmm. I mean, which kind of connects to Tom's whole um, monologue about you know, Mosk and Merck. Yeah, Mosk and Merck. Yeah, basically. Mosk and Merck. Yeah. So yeah, it, it you know space travel at least existed in the first first age. I don't know if we decided to stop or if we continued and just basically more so focused on the problems here mm-hmm. on Earth, which is interesting because that's a conversation that we're having yeah. right now. You right, know, yeah. you're, tr- you're going to go to Mars when we don't even know what our ocean floors look right. like. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so it, it, it's... It, I find I, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation to have, basically, about mm-hmm. um, being able to travel to other other worlds. I'm gonna say Mogidian was speaking the truth. She's not she's not intelligent enough. It's well <laughs> no it, it's not it's not even just that part. It's more that she holds her sense of survival is pretty is great. Pretty yeah, strong. Yeah, it definitely is. But, but I, yeah. I, yeah. her level of contempt for everyone would make it so that she would want to make the person who's attacking her feel as insignificant as possible Mm -hmm. that their surroundings are basically just a level above living in a hut regardless of how grand the palace is you know Mm -hmm. like mogidian wants to tear people down to make them feel insecure and why wouldn't she use something like what the age of legends was really like after that, she tells Nynaeve something. She she basically alludes to like riding her like a pony or something, like making her an animal. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think her self preservation probably pushed out the truth in this one. No, I think it was the truth. My, I think. Yeah. That, I mean, all all the Forsaken pretty much kind of despise people who call themselves Aes Sedai. Oh you know, yeah, because they're just like you're you're a. a a bug under a rock. Ah, uh, okay. So Mogidian, I don't want to stretch this out too long because I know it's late for Rob and it's late for Amber. It's much later for Amber than it is for me. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if it were me, just an hour. I know but... it would be pumpkin time for me. I would barely be functioning if I were you. So you're doing great. But <laughs> do we have anything else that we want to touch on? Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I just wanted to say is is there anything else that you guys like in the back of your mind just before we go like need to get out? <laughs> No. <laughs> I was trying to think of something then and I'm like, no, I think no. we've talked about lots and I, I like think it. It's been great. O- <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing that I had was kind of what you and I had talked about on the phone earlier. Just that this idea of a world before, a world in between, a world after shows up repeatedly through history. Like there being layers to our worlds, whether it's an underworld or the the stars mm-hmm. in the sky above us as humans we're we are always looking at the world behind us and searching for the world next to us and i f- feel like that kind of encapsulates 
encapsulates the idea of sci-fi, really. Mm -hmm. It's like looking for the best way to the next future that we have. Yeah, it's dreaming. Yeah, You're it dreaming. is. Mm -hmm. For me, um, I, it's funny, when I was basically first started um, thinking of um, notes for this for this um, podcast, I just thought to myself, when was a steam engine created? Because um, in, you know, um, you know, in Rand's um, school, Mm -hmm. Ken Torvir, mm -hmm. I think that's his name. No, that's the guy who um, did Ken the. Does, he does the. He does, uh, a, the, the, he does the telescope. The, glass, yeah, the yeah. guy who basically invents the um, the the steam engine, pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The steam engine in our in our real world was created um, in 1692, and mm -hmm. that was 323 years ago. And I'm just thinking mm -hmm. in my mind, like, okay, that was 323 years ago. What could we possibly do in 3,000 years from now? And right. it basically just opens up the mind to hope, you know, to so, so that we could, we could do, you know, the possibilities are endless. So that's basically, mm -hmm. this ties to me, sci-fi is, is a perfect match because basically we all, we always, it's reality and what the possibilities are. And that's mm -hmm. basically, you know, Robert Jordan, he basically wrote a, a, a world where it's just like, it's us, but at the same time, we could be so much more, and we should mm -hmm. keep on striving for that. And, and yeah, I love I love the fact that Rand started a school basically, and yeah, he just like just lets them go ahead, mm -hmm. just go ahead and dream, guys, go ahead and dream. Yeah, go go crazy. Yeah, go I crazy. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. jump off any buildings with a glider though, please. Right, no, <laughs> restrain yourself just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it worked with Da Vinci, so you know. Yeah. It made him famous hundreds of years later. That's true. It's true. Yeah. I don't have anything else to add. I think this was lovely. By you, Amber okay. dear, are you good? I'm great. I my I feel like my head is so full of thoughts and ideas now that I'm actually excited to just come back and listen to this when it comes. I, I look forward to listening to this. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think that's a good place just, to wrap us up. Yeah. I'm good. Just end it off. Yeah. Then. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.